Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan, and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called People Think, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program. And that program equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. And that's the beauty of leadership. It is so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now that word is worth repeating, unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and your organization move forward. You gotta be real and you gotta be bold and you gotta drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. This is why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Ben Levy, who is the founder of Sell It Great. We're going to hear all about Ben's approach to leadership. So Ben, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Good, good, good. We're in the right place then. So Ben, tell us a little bit about who you are and what Sell It Great is all about before we even get into our leadership conversation. Sure. I am an advertising creative director by trade and... Sell It Great is my business coaching creatives on how to become more persuasive so that they can sell their best ideas. And it actually came out of some of my experiences as a creative director and leader, realizing that there was a lack of mentorship and education in a core skill that people Mm -hmm. needed as they moved through their careers. Yeah. So it's so interesting you say that, Ben, because what I have found, and I've been in multiple industries, people expect that if you are good at something, it will automatically translate into becoming a leader. And leader is a set of competencies, just like it's a set of expertise in any other functional area. So I'm so thrilled to be talking to you because you and I are on the same wavelength as it comes to, well, wait, I could potentially be a leader. I need some help here. It's so funny because I describe this to people very frequently where I started as a junior copywriter Mm -hmm. and to become a mid-level writer, you write better. And then to become a senior writer, you write better. And then to become an associate creative director, 
you write better, but you also have to learn how to manage people, give clear feedback, speak to clients, manage your own time. Where did all of this come from? You just woke <laughs> up the next day. And you're supposed to understand this intrinsically and be perfect at it. That leap, <laughs> I think, is one that that many people, myself certainly, stumbled over when it came time to try and reach that next level. And, and I think that the kind of work that you do and that I do, taking people and saying, wait, there, there are... There are things you can learn to make this better just because it is a, and I'm using air quotes, soft skill does not mean that you've either got it or you don't. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny. So I've been fighting with this soft skill word for ever because, I mean, this is yeah. what I do for a living. My company name is People Think. I mean, what do I care about? So lately what I've been calling it? power skills. Because if you don't have those power skills, forget it. It doesn't matter how smart you are. So with that, you know, I, I can tell this is going to be a good interview. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to our first question here. There's so many ways to define leadership in it's so personal to each of us. And so when I start asking this question, it's been astounding the depth and, and the breadth of answers. So let's hear it from you, Ben. How do you define leadership? In a word, responsibility. To me, I believe very much in servant leadership. And to me, being a leader means that you have the responsibility to ensure that the people you are working with can operate at their highest level, that you are removing whatever roadblocks you can for them, that you are not <laughs> a roadblock yourself, either yes. in the way you communicate or operate for them. And that if you do your job, then they can do their job better. And that is your job to get them doing their job better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true in terms of the, the roadblock. And, uh, you know, you have to giggle a little bit about how many times as a leader, have we been in the way and you need sometimes somebody to tap you <laughs> on the shoulder and go, Karen, get out of the way. You're making me crazy. So yeah. you know, it's really, really important because we all are going to stumble. We're all going to, you know, fall a little bit and we need to be able to do that on our own because that's all part of the learning process. Certainly. I spent several years as a, an educator and that I think informed a lot of my leadership style and approach because the same way that you have to be responsible for your team, if you're at the front of a classroom, you're responsible for their ability to learn. And it comes back to what you were just saying about you may be in the way yourself. It may be that the way I teach a certain concept is not going to connect with a third of the class. And that's on me. I need to find another way to reach them. Yes. And I didn't realize for many years that those experiences as a teacher had such a huge impact on my my management style and my leadership style and that it was those same skills of going well hang on if i have these people who are working with me and, and consistently underperform is that them can no one reach them mm -hmm. or is it something i'm doing and is there something i can change to bring them up to the the best that they can do Yes. And the other thing that you just talked about in terms of being in front of a classroom, and that's really informed you as a leader, is we won't always touch everyone from a leadership perspective. And so if we have in expectations that they will come to us, then we're going to fail. As leaders, what we have to do is really begin to think about how can I connect with this person? How, how do I get to them? 
And it goes back to everybody's unique. And, you know, right. we all have to shift based on the need of, of who we're w working with mm -hmm. and who we're leading, certainly. So, yeah, great. So Ben, tell me about your top three values as a leader. And, and, and the reason this question is so important is because, you know, the values are our core. They're, they're who we are, they're our guiding light, and it's how we make decisions. So when we think about leadership, I think it's so critical that leaders are not only clear about who they are as a leader, their values need to be clear and they need to be articulated to their team. So, so let's, let's share, please do tell, what are your three top values? Trust, honesty, and communication. And if you don't have two and three, you're not going to get one. Mm. I, remember very clearly coming up through the ranks as a writer in advertising and having creative directors deliver feedback where they would look at the work and say, eh, it's just not there yet mm. and walk away. And I was left going, all right, well, I got honesty. I got one of them, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't get communication. Yeah. I what are you, am I 90% of the way there? Am I nine? What are you, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I made a promise to myself that I was always going to deliver a reason with my feedback when I was in that position. Mm -hmm. And it may not be right, but this way, the people that I'm working with have the opportunity. Again, it's my responsibility to make sure they have the tools to operate at their highest level. And so if I'm giving them my reason why something isn't there yet, they can now say, well, I was thinking this, mm -hmm. or got it, then let me try that. And it means that we're now in a place where honesty exists, communication exists, and we can trust one another to talk and work together and get to the best place possible for what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And if you think about this, this whole uh, concept, honesty and communication and the why behind it, then what will happen, Ben, is your team members will trust enough that they can push back on you as well. So, so all of a sudden you may be the leader. Okay. He's the leader. He's a smart dude. Okay. I get all those things. And you know what? This is the way I view this. And, and this is a project I'm working on. Let me explain it to him from my why. And they'd only do that, Ben, if they trusted you and trusted right. that you weren't going to throw them under the bus or be like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. And so it goes back to what you had indicated about servant leadership. I mean, you're there. What you just indica indicated, I'm giving them tools to operate at the highest level. And part of those tools are values. So let's go to question number three. Um, you know, this has been a crazy year, to put it mildly. <laughs> crazy. I mean, cray-cray is what I keep calling it. And, and so we're going through an enormous amount of transition. And, and, you know, you think about the global pandemic. Okay. We think about the social awakening. And, and then you yeah. think, Ben, about the implications of both of those. And, and so it's so important for leaders to be able to lead through transition and change. And so tell me, how do you do that? <laughs> All right, hang on a second. <clears throat> Let me get on my soapbox. I, <laughs> I, I made the observation to somebody a couple months into this thing that we're all trying to survive together that I never realized how few leaders really existed in society. I have seen 
what to me is a failure of leadership at almost every level from from the highest levels of government to people operating a, a personal gym mm-hmm. and just the failures in large i think are a lack of action it's a concern that i don't know what the right answer is so i can't do anything mm-hmm. when my feeling is as you were just saying if you know your values then what it means to be a leader is that you use those values and the limited information you have in that moment to make the best decision possible. And then as you get more information, you reassess. But but knowing those values and and knowing your own compass as a leader means that you're able to show people the path, at least right now. Maybe tomorrow we, we have to pivot, but right now, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it for these reasons. And for me, again, during this time, it has been about communication and honesty. I have told the people I'm working with, if I am about two minutes from sobbing hysterically on a video call, <laughs> because they, and and some of that is cathartic for me. Some of that, though, is just because. My the frustration that I'm worried I may be giving off. I want them to know that it's not about them. Yes, it's because I have two kids and two dogs mm-hmm. and and a wife who goes in to to face this thing on the front lines every day. And sorry, there's other stuff going on besides you in this work, and I just need a second. Yes, exactly. And I've I've had a lot of conversations with people who say, "Oh, so and so never talks about how they feel," and yesterday they just said really quietly, "It's been tough." And my point when I hear stories like this is, right, and now think about, for someone like me who overshares, mm-hmm. if I'm up on the roof screaming, oh, Ben's having a bad day, I get it. <laughs> but for someone like that who who keeps it inside, that admission just then, that's them on the roof screaming. Just because they appear to have it more together than you, it does not mean that it is. <laughs> and and extend, extend to them that same understanding and patience that that you're asking people to give to you right now. So I think it is it is about honesty. It is about communicating, over-communicating. You know, I try to be very clear, particularly now, about what my expectations are. Let's have these ideas to take to the client. Not terrible, but what are we calling ideas? Do they need to be written down on a page? Do they need to be fully drawn out? Does it need to look like a finished ad? How many are we talking about? Is it just three? Do you want 30? And we can sit down together and go through it. When is that client meeting? Do you want to have a touch base before that? It may feel like overscheduling when you say it all together in that sense. But I believe that with the craziness that we're all going through right now, you give somebody that much communication, that much clarity, you're, you're anchoring some things in their life when so many other things are adrift. And it's only going to make everyone's job easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then what you've just talked about in in this transition question goes back to your values. So because you're clear about your values, trust, honesty, and communication, everything you just indicated goes back to those three values. And, and if I work with you, for you, next to you, and I know this is all coming from a place of Ben, 
and I trust you, then I'm going to let you over communicate. I may take part of it and go, he's crazy today. <laughs> However, right. I might be the one who says, oh my goodness gracious, I love every aspect of this. Again, going back to what we talked about in the beginning, we're all unique and we have to lead different and people are going through transition different. So that person who says it's been tough is screaming it just in a different way. Yeah. That's right. Nice, sweet, beautiful. And, and again, if you keep that communication open, then the person who says, hey, man, I, you got to let me do this my own way. I'll, I'll, I don't need the touch base. I'll call you when I'm ready to share work. Great. I need to hear that too. Good. Then let's work in a way that I'm comfortable and I can trust you and let you go off and operate. And you don't feel like I'm standing over your shoulder going, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? <laughs> hello. 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 Is it done? Is it done? Yeah. Is it done? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fabulous. Love it. So we know that the best leaders are curious and the best leaders just don't stop learning. And so do you have any specific tools or resources that, that you have used over the past years, months, tomorrow, that you grab onto and go, okay, this is what I need in order to continue my learning and my, my leadership journey? I read. Mm. Uh, can you, can you be a biblioholic? Is that a thing? I'm, it, it is now I made it a thing and I am one. I love it. My, my name is Ben and I'm a biblioholic. <laughs> I, I read it to a degree that might be unhealthy, <laughs> especially now that I can get books now? on my what phone. What are you reading these days, Mr. Ben? Well, and I try to read new things all the time. So I love when I first got into, as we were saying at the top of, of, of our conversation, when I first got into these roles where I was now had leadership responsibilities, I was acutely aware that while I had been watching and listening people who were mentors to me, I didn't know everything. Mm -hmm. And so I started running out and finding books. And maybe there was only one idea in a book that was useful, but I would I would grab an idea from this one and I would grab three from that one. And then the next week I'd read another one and change everything that I thought I knew about <laughs> what I wanted to do as a leader and who I wanted to be. And when I'm doing that, it was important to me that they weren't all books on how to be a creative director mm. because I love, I love the, the Reese's approach. Peanut butter is great. Chocolate's fantastic. Okay. Put them together and watch what happens. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> and that is that is what I'm looking for. I'm I will read books that deal with topics I I almost actively despise. Mm. Uh, wow. because because I think, you know, I, I am a I'm terrible around the house. My wife won't let me hang a picture. It's, you <laughs> cannot give me a hammer. It is a recipe for disaster. But I will read books on construction. And, ah. and on approach for how to build a home and, and what it's like for contractors or foremen on site. Yes. And from that, I'll see things that on the one hand are completely different from what I deal with. And on the other hand, there are certain universal truths. Yeah. And seeing them out of context allows me to take it back into my own world and say, okay, this is something I can use here. And if I'm really lucky, other people that do what I do haven't caught onto it yet. So then I get to have something new I can show everyone. Yeah. 
And then your smarty pants, smarty pants. Yes. Yeah, so there. <laughs> right. When really it's just stealing from the, the person next to me. Exactly. So, so yeah. So here's what, I, as you're talking and I'm thinking about this, I think about, um, you know, we all have expertise and we all, uh, um, you know, play in that, in, in our expert arena. And what you just said about, you know, trying to figure out how do you construct a house? I mean, talk about the contractor, talk about what they have to do functionally. Well, they have to be creative. They have to be able to listen and communicate that you have to be able to trust them and to glean information from someone outside of your expertise, you know, shows wisdom because you think, well, maybe they know something we don't know in our industry. And so why can't I learn from someone else outside of my industry? It's the same thing for leadership. I mean, I never profess that people should just read leadership books. I mean, who unless you can't sleep at night, then I say, you know, <laughs> there's a whole pile. I, I can give you names of a ton of them. Um, however, it, right. it's about gleaming what you can from places outside your comfort zone. So that's fabulous. Thank you for that. We all need to grow and we all need to figure out how do I stretch? How do I be better than I was yesterday? And who the heck ever has time to grow and who has time to think? So what do you do to help your folks do just that? It's interesting that you bring up time because I think that is one of the major considerations when it comes to growth. So in advertising as an industry, I think that it's it's particularly poor at, at bringing people up and giving them time to grow. And it's because it's fast paced and it's only getting faster. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the, the habits and expectations are actually harmful to people's growth. And I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean. I was hired at an agency and was sort of running the copy department. And while I was there, somebody in passing said to me, oh, this writer is, they're on the bubble. They're they are probably not going to last the year. Mm. And I said, well, they seem really nice. What's going on? I said, well, their background is in journalism. And I just, they can't really write a headline. They don't know how to write a script. We hired them because we were writing these very journalism style articles for a client. That client has gone away and they just don't have a, a place here anymore, really. I said, okay, well, has anyone tried giving them any headlines to work on? Oh. Yeah, and they just, they're not getting it. Well, of course they're not getting it. It's literally <laughs> the first time they've been asked to write a headline. Did you did you put them only on, like were they the only writer assigned to this project? Because that's not helpful at all. Yes. You've put, you've put tremendous pressure on a person. You've given them no, no time to learn the skill. And then you seem disappointed that they didn't wake up the next day different than who they've been their entire life. Yes. So one of the things that I, I constantly talk about, it's the, the twin demons of time and resource allocation. If I have people that I'm working with who need to learn a new skill, I assign them as this, as the backup, if you will, as the second member of the team uh -huh. that is going to solve the problem. And this way, here's the closers. I know that they can knock it out of the park. I know they've got it. And here, here are the people who are basically riding shotgun in the back of the cop car. Like you, you're doing ride along right now. Watch what they do. Give it your best shot. 
And listen, this is a real opportunity. If you nail that script, I will take it to the client. But know that if you don't, your goal was just to write a script. Mm. And then next time your goal is to write a script that I will approve and take to the agency owner. And then the next time is to get the agency owner to approve that and take it to client. And ultimately we get to a day when you can write a script or write a headline that the client approves and you get to call mom and say, Hey, it's over (laughs) here. Go, go look at it. Show all your friends. Right. But, but you can't pretend that that's going to happen in one jump. Yeah. And if you don't give them the time to learn it, either with an extended deadline and way more rounds of review than you would ever use for the closer team. And, or if you don't give them that closer team to take some of the pressure off and make sure that this huge responsibility they've never had before didn't just fall on them alone, you're setting them up for failure. So for me, it's it's about being clear, not only in that case, not only with the people I'm working with, but also management as a whole. And saying, understand that when I put this person in the room, these are the expectations for them. So that they also know, wow, well, why did these scripts are terrible? Don't give them that job again. Listen, I gave them that job so that they got to write a script. Are those script-like objects? And they did their job. We'll see them next week. The important thing is we have work we can take to the client. Yeah. And so it goes, I'm sorry to say this again, it goes back to your values. It's about communication and it's about you trusting them that they are going to go through this educational stepping stone that you're providing them so that in fact, they can learn and stretch and grow. Love, love, love that. Um, And I do have to comment, twin demons, time (laughs) and resource allocation. Now that I'm taking with me. Don't you think I won't be talking about twin demons? That is, you know, it's so true. I love it. Yeah, that, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's fabulous. And, you know, we all need our stepping stones. So um, when we we can lend that to them, um, that's always, uh, always helpful for everybody. And the the ultimate expression of that wound up being the way that I do performance evaluations now with my team, which is that I write out all of the requirements with them for their title. Mm -hmm. And then I show them all of the requirements that they would have for their next job. Oh, When you're looking at everything for your current job, they're color coded red, yellow, and green. Mm. If it's green, you've shown me consistent mastery. I don't have any concern about it at all. If it's yellow, either you haven't done it enough for me to know that you have consistent mastery, or it's it's an area you need to work on, but, but you'll get there soon. Mm-hmm. And if it's red, either you've never had the opportunity, or this is a real trouble spot and it's something we should work on. Mm. But, but that becomes a punch list for them to be able to look at and know oh, I'm getting opportunities at these skills right now because I need to prove that I can do them. And, oh, look, more of this sheet is green than it was the last time we Mm. reviewed. Maybe I'm not ready for promotion, but I'm getting there. And when that turns green, you know that I'm going to go to management to fight for you, that you should now have a new list of responsibilities 
that are all yellow and red, yes. <laughs> you got to turn them all green again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because as we grow, of course, I mean, they, they have to be yellow and red. And I love the simplicity of the punch list. I mean, three colors and it's so visual. I mean, you can look at a piece of paper and see the colors and be like, oh, 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 oh. Or you can go look at the, the piece of paper and go, yes, I'm on my way. So a uh, great visual in such a simplistic manner, which provides so much information to someone to say, hey, um, these are things you have to do. I love the idea of you, you, what I do now and what what's next and really being able to see that, that that's a great incentive for people. And you know what, Ben, then the other, other side of that is there are people who'll be like, whatever, don't care. As a leader, I know we need, of course, A plus, A, B plus, B players. I always say we right. need some C players too. We're just going to keep everything moving forward. I mean, we don't want our whole team to be that. And some people, you know what? They're going to be who they are and they're not as interested to learn They'll stretch a little bit. And then, so what's wrong with that? Let, let them be who they are as long as they are providing value to the organization, to the team and all of that and not pulling people down. There's a, I can go up and hold a rant for that one. I will, I will say in short that I have seen that so clearly displayed in the advertising world. Again, uh, very often with, designers and writers who don't want to be leaders. There's sort of two different types of creative directors. There are the ones who are leaders and client facing, and then there are the ones who are just masters of their craft. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that distinction is very rarely made inside the agency and it causes all kinds of confusion. Yes, yes. And you know what, if people don't want to be leaders as like with people responsibility, so what? Everyone oh my God, why a, would you make them? Right. And everyone is a leader in their own right. So they're all going to lead their own project, their own, you know, whatever they're working on in their own way. So every human being is a leader, whether they want people responsibility, if that's a whole nother level of leadership. And I think everybody needs that's to right. lighten up a little bit and, uh, you know, just allow people to really be clear about what's important for them in, in their world. And, and um, you know, that's kind of what, what we talk about with Keep It Real. I mean, really getting to the core of who you are so that you can articulate it. Yeah. Love, love, love it. Okay. So last and not least, what piece of art, culture, music, literature, or something completely off the wall that keeps you balanced and brings you joy? I mean, joy, isn't that delightful? The word is delightful. So, so what are some of the things you do outside of your work that brings you joy? I exercise. Mm. I, for me, it's meditative. Yeah. It's, it's, one of those things where the only challenge is with myself. Ah. There's there's no outside approval. When I work out, I'm doing it at home alone. So I'm not even, there's not even somebody on a bench next to me at the gym uh -huh. lifting twice what I'm lifting. It doesn't matter. It's just, this is what I was able to do last week and the week before. Can I match that? Can I improve it? Or some days, can I just manage to show up? Exactly. That's, that's really where a lot of my balance comes from. It's, it's gotten to the point now where my wife 
will look at me if if it's been a particularly tough week and you know when was the last time you exercised <laughs> you need to go down to the basement and pick up some things and put them down again go go do that make sure they're very heavy when you do that please get out of here yes understood yeah yeah uh, it sounds like it gives you joy too it it does yeah. it, it does because it's i mean there's an endorphin release that happens with with exercise biologically but it's also it really is we're talking about about work, about the all the social implications of what's going on this year. Uh, kids, dogs, wife, yeah. family, and it's just me. Yes. It's just me. Yes. And to to truly carve out that time and and give myself the sixty to ninety minutes to only worry about what I'm doing. I can't really watch TV while I'm doing it. I'll listen to some music, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't play that game of saying, oh, I'll multitask and I'll do this thing and that thing and I'll save some time. It, it doesn't work when you're trying to lift weights over your head. Yeah. So no, oh, not a good idea. Not a good idea. So to have that single focus for me is is great. Sweet. And it's one of the twin demons that that darn time thing again. It just there it is. in everybody's way, Ben. That's all there is to it. I, I wake up early because otherwise it doesn't happen. <laughs> exactly. I know that one very, very well. Exactly. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you, Ben. I uh, love you hearing so your, your insights and, and thoughts. Um, love hearing about your values and how you just weave that through. I mean, e almost every question we could, could go right back to those three of honesty, trust, and communication. Sweet, really sweet. Um, so we're really grateful for your wise words. And um, here's to a fabulous next year. Let, let, let's close it and um, be happy yes. for what we were able to achieve this year and then be ready to go into our next year with great joy. Let's, let's put it that way. Love it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been, it's, this has been a joy for me. Good. I love it. Oh, good. I'm going to add that. Yes. Ben loves podcasts. He loves the joy of podcasts. Good, good, good. Love it. Thank you all for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Ben Levy, who is the founder of Sell It Great. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Poddington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams. Thanks again. Have a good one. Bye now.